0: The Right's Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of The Process, serving the Delaware beaches at processrealtor.com. Touchstone electric fireplaces get 15% off your order with promo code TTP at zerodeadbirds.com. And DraftKings Sportsbook, for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 with promo code RTRS. Go download that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app today. On the show today, a very special pod, we have four guests, Amos Lee, Moot Lou, Tony, Tony to Tony, and Tommy from down the shore. Um, talk to Amos and Moot about, uh, boy, they're musicians and their entire industry is uh, like at a halt right now. Um, what they're doing, sitting alone by themselves. Talk to them about the Sixers. And of course, we'll talk to Tony, Tony to Tony and Tommy about cheesesteaks, Steaks, Hoagies, Sports, water Ice, Wildwood all those things, Valones, whether they've been to Valones, very exciting. Um, I think this is the first time, we had one interlude with them once before, but I don't think we've had like a full those guys on the pod with us. Uh, Lord help us all. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who keeps texting Elton Brand to see if he can get into the gym with his trainer. That is Mike Levin. I would love that. Man, get I would
2: love to with your do. trainer. Yeah, I, I miss basketball. I know I say this a lot. I miss mm-hmm. playing it. I watched uh, Tom West from Liberty Ballers posted a couple Ben Simmons defensive highlight uh, videos. And I legitimately, like, it was a surreal experience watching... A Sixer play basketball. I haven't. I haven't been like watching Sixers highlights or anything. And so seeing that was
0: like, I forgot that we used to do that. So we had we had different feelings this week. I think so. Elton Brand uh, spoke with media. He also did a very uh, highly produced uh, season ticket holder town hall that night, um, which ended up being ten minutes uh, with Mark Zumoff. So I wasn't I wasn't watching the 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 Zoom presser or whatever. Uh, I was just looking at the quotes on Twitter and as soon as like the quote started about Ben shooting and whether Joel was in shape and I was just like I don't fucking miss this one bit. <laughs> I I wish I I wish we were watching the playoffs, but it it brought back just like the like the pit of in my stomach that we had for most of the season. And it didn't, I would like to be watching basketball right now, but as far as the Sixers, they're barely basketball as it is. Yeah. I get it. Cause I feel the same way in some
2: sense. And I feel like, uh, you know, watching the Sixers this year was in some ways torture. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm also conflicted in that. I did think that like they were built for the playoffs and like, maybe that, you know, they're just good enough to figure it out. And I had like the absolute, like corniest, most like like bootlicking take like thought come into my head today where i was like i wish i hope like ben and joelle are just like watching the mj documentary and seeing it happen and seeing like him and scotty doing it together and like hearing all the takes afterwards it's like guys just don't you don't see them like overcoming things together like how the Pistons couldn't get by the Celtics, and then they did. And then the uh, Bulls couldn't get by the Pistons, and then they did, et cetera, et cetera. And I hope that they're just like one, I was like imagining like, what if one of them texted the other like, "We're doing this together." And I was like, "You fucking lame piece of shit!" Like that doesn't <laughs> happen. I was just like, "Oh, it's it such an embarrassing like thought to myself that I instantly made fun of." And I hope it happened. I do. I do wish that that would
0: happen. I, I wish that it was. It's not. Real thing, but it's it's not. not. Yeah. I. It's funny you say that, I um, I forget what the impetus of it was. Oh, it was one of those exact tweets that you're talking about from, it was Tom West at Liberty Ballers, right? And he he posted all the Ben highlights. And of course, uh, Sharp sent it to me with something snarky in there. And I said, you know what the biggest difference, I said, you know what I miss about Liberty Ballers? Because they actually have a good crew there. I feel like they they write well and they work hard, all that. But I was like, when Mike's crew was there, man, they fucking hated the Sixers. And um, these guys do whatever they can, it seems like, to make them look good. And it does show like this, it is a big change, you know? Um, I, I think part of it is maybe that the guys writing up now grew up with like the last seven years of of Sixers and um, maybe don't have as much... Uh, <laughs> bitterness in their hearts over the previous a thing. different a different kind of bitterness maybe yeah 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 it was uh it was just ours, funny. ours was just like
2: the point the pointlessness the like mm-hmm. years-long pointlessness uh, right, doing, of, right. of forcing
0: us to watch this stuff you were now just a different thing you were just entertaining yourselves pretty much mm-hmm. because the yeah. team wasn't that's what ben, ben for is this. the fucking man on d though man
2: like watching mm-hmm. some those steals yeah. against then in that indiana game where they had he had like the three straight steals to end the game in the last like minute and like mm-hmm. two head breakaways it was like oh man, it was cool and watching and remembering that like the Ben talking about like how Matisse made him a better defensive player which is cool like Ben's obviously very talented and was good was good like right away on defense but Matisse I think it's seeing Matisse like do. You know, recover recover for blocks and like go for steals. Ben is already better at it than Matisse is because he can also like have a stronger base and using his like strength to. If he gambles on something, he can still like get back because he's strong enough to do it. Whereas Matisse is is like can get like bumped off his spot more.
0: Yeah, uh, it's always funny to watch the college guys in their first year in the NBA look so much smaller than they did. Um, when the team drafted him, like Mm Theibel is a well-built guy. Like he's not a small person, but in the NBA, he does get pushed around. Like all of a sudden you're getting pushed around by like 28, 29, 30 year old guys. It's a Mm -hmm. different kind of strength. I'm still, I'm still smarting from your thirsty Ben and Joel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Like things are, I've been home a long time. I don't know. I'm not proud of anything I've
2: said or thought in a really long time. Not a single thing
0: um the uh the other thing he said uh, what El- elton said that um that that they expect Ben Simmons to play uh if and when they play again uh that Joel Embiid is definitely staying in shape and begging to get into the gym <laughs> i'm sure it sounds just like everything else we've ever heard um what else uh um that they don't know if they're going to replace Mark Eversley because they like the group they have in the front office now why wouldn't they so- yeah. Um I see uh Amos, we I hear am you. I video, we am I videoing? Oh shit. Oh there he is. I hate Zoom video. Well yeah we're doing this computer. for you. Yeah. We this is not how we normally do it. This is the first yeah. time. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I'm in fucking Cheltenham, y'all. Wow. So wait so you're in Cheltenham. Are you Am am I allowed to say whose home it is or no? Yeah, yeah, I have no pride. Well, is it? No, it's not about, well, is it? (laughs) Wait, I'm trying to remember. Is it the chef's parents? Is it Jaren's parents? It's Jaren's mom. So I'll show you what I'm in the middle of here. I really like (laughs) this. So we'll have to describe. Oh, shit. That is like a, that's a a, a horror movie menorah. It's a,
3: a gigantic menorah. It's like a haunting
0: <laughs> <It's> an- <laughs> Tim Burton's yeah. menorah. Yeah, it's-, <laughs> it's the evil dead menorah.
3: <laughs> Dude, uh, let me show you the other thing that's, so it, it's wild. So the other, the other painting that's in here that's amazing is, uh, let me see if this even, how does Zoom, does Zoom do this? Yeah, you can flip the camera, right? hmm It's a painting of matzo bread. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jared's mom stuff. just trying to show how uh, Jewish she is. She's really even just, even just yeah, seeing a yeah. mom's house is comforting in in some sense.
3: Here we are, guys. Come it's on. just everywhere. It's amazing. It's really wonderful, I gotta say. But uh yeah, Sheltenham, which is really interesting because like this neighborhood that I'm in is almost entirely African American. And it's sort of like the suburbs of German town, right which is wild i didn't you know, even know this shit existed out here
0: yeah it's a part of is chestnut hill is that way too right yeah yeah like glenside chestnut glenside hill, all that bullshit yeah it's so it's as somebody weird. who grew up first of all uh moot loose here too and what's funny and you, oh there it is um because we're only releasing the audio but moot was was like was horizontal or something? While sorry, was going. sorry. Take a second, sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I know you- what I,
4: I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, mean What is this called? Plume? Oh no, they're here already. Uh, just getting into the character. Okay. okay. Just getting um, it out of my system a little bit.
0: <laughs> don't get it out of your system. Just I mean, get I'm it getting it, it. I mean, I'm getting it
4: into my system.
0: There you go. Um, I'm getting a gigantic
3: bottle of gin into my. Oh. System. Man, like, oh wow!
4: You know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm still sober.
3: That's Man. awesome. Proud of you, Whoa. bro. I'm Wait about a to.
4: Wasn't? Are Amos? you about to drink? No, but I'm thinking about
0: it one of these days. Whoa! Uh, wow. Amos, I thought you weren't drinking. Has that stopped?
3: Uh, it, it, it ebbs and flows. Okay. Most of the time, most of the time I'm not drinking. Um, let's put it this way. Me not drinking means like I'm only having one drink a night.
0: Oh, okay. I was, you know, I was, so I. Uh, I'm playing with a lot of nonverbal reactions for the podcast. I hope that <laughs> I'm <coming across. laughs> trying something out. Right. The, uh, so I, speaking of drinking, right. So. <clears throat> I, the uh, the state stores in PA closed, um, but there are smaller distilleries where you can still get alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like you, they, re- so I, I found one. Uh, it's in Doylestown and South Philly. It's called Manitani Stillworks, and I got um, I got whiskey there, and I uh, I really liked it. Um, and I tweeted about it. It was it like just legit awesome. And when I went to pick it up. The When I went to pick up another bottle, the woman who was there said, hey, the, the owner saw your tweet and thought that since you already went through a bottle of one of that, one of, uh, of that whiskey so quickly, and I started to feel judged for a second that, uh, <laughs> that, I, that they knew how much I was drinking. <laughs> and I would say that I have a drink a night, one drink mm-hmm. a night, which I don't usually do. Um, that isn't too much, though, is it? That's fine, right? No, Am that's okay? good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. It depends My on how was, bi- how big the drink is. <laughs> that's true. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. do remember
4: on a few occasions Amos and I drinking glasses of whiskey.
0: Oh yeah. Uh,
2: like there was pint the, glasses. You guys, yeah. do you guys hang out all the time? Is this like a friendship that you guys see each other all the time? And this hasn't been the case over the course? Yeah, we used to.
3: Yeah. Before the world like, started ending. Yeah. Well, now we used to be drinking buddies, but now right. that mootlu has been sober, we're breakfast buddies. That's right. Nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Bre- and breakfast is where friendships always go when you get older.
4: That's right. Yeah. And when one of you gets sober, I guess, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> how long, have you,
0: how, how long have you been sober? Moot. O- almost two
4: years now. At the end of, uh, oh, end of shit, July. Great. Yeah. It's awesome, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Moot yeah. is Moot heads. Uh, we had some notorious evenings at the Cherry Street <laughs>
4: <laughs> which is an awesome Ever. place, which is an awesome place, but became like I, a vortex of drunkenness for me in Yeah,
3: we, we used to, we used, he would text me at 1 a.m. <laughs> and this is what I used to call the moot special, which was, we would, I would get there at one. And by the time we would leave at like 2.15, we would probably have between like four shots and two beers or mm-hmm. like six six shots or something insane like that and we would go back to your house and do crazy shit
4: yeah blaze and uh you know some good musical inspiration too because i i'd I'd bring back a six-pack and just keep drinking basically i'm like a i was like a nocturnal drinker you know
2: Um, and how has, has your like sobriety like the sixers not being around during the sobriety has that helped at least. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> you know what? That's hurt
4: because, uh, really hurt because that was always a few times a week. Something I look forward to because, sure. you know, when you get sober, you got to like, you know, you, you, you kind of have to find different activities to sort of fill the void of, uh, mm-hmm. of, you know, of, of not having that sort of alcohol, mm-hmm. that crutch there, you know? So man, that's, it's been, it's been rough just sports in general, just thinking that it would be baseball season now. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I understand it's the right thing, but especially not, not being able to watch the Sixers that uh, that one hurts, man. That's
2: that's tough. I've been watching old college games because it feels like I don't the Sixers <laughs> game have too, has too much like pain associated with it. Right, so, right. Like, There's watching too much baggage on, there. Yeah, watching like good guys is like, "Oh man, Jaron Wright was good at Notre Dame." Like being excited about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I recommend that if you if you're looking for something. Just pretend it's going on currently.
4: That's 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 a good indicator of where we are. Jaron Wright was good at uh, <laughs> that. <there it's, yeah.
2: laughs> that's where we are at this moment. That's, that
4: encapsulates it.
2: So, what um, is your what is your what is the two of your like working relationships? Describe that. Like, what do you guys? How did you guys like start working together? And and what's it going on now?
4: Um, I guess uh, we first met. At the fire open mic, I think right. Fire or the point? I can't remember. We were both playing open mics a lot. Uh, I on. remember. I
3: remember meeting you for the first time at the fire.
4: At the fire, right? There was an yeah. open mic there.
0: Yeah, being very being very wasted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the Alcoholics. door in the doorway of the fire. And uh, right. just for context <laughs> for everybody listening, so the fire is on Gerard, right? Um, yeah, fourth and Gerard. Yeah, fourth yeah. and Gerard. And it was, it was there before Northern Liberties was like a place that you went to um, or Fishtown was like a place that you went to. And it was like, I don't know, what did it hold? 150 people maybe, the fire or something like that? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. Um, all right, and then the point, is Westchester the point? It was the point in West, where was the uh, point? That was Bryn, wait, was that Bryn Mawr? That was in Bryn Out okay. on the main line,
4: yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah
3: that, was, that was the first open mic I ever played in my life was the point. I was still teaching school in North Philly at the time. So I would teach school. It was Tuesday nights. Actually the fire open mic was Monday. Right. Monday night. And the point open mic was Tuesday. And I was teaching in North Philly at Bethune elementary school, which is at broad and rising sun. And I would take the, take that ride all the way up broad street or get done work. I would go, change my clothes and go right to the open mic to sign up because some of those open mics you had to sign up kind of ass early to get a spot. And um you know, it was it was a slog, man, because those fire open mics on Monday nights would go till <laughs> 3 or 4 in the morning, you know.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. epic. That was amazing. That was like a I feel like that was there was a kind of a genesis of a certain part of the Philly scene there at that time um, because I just remember meeting so many people there so many people that are still kind of part of the Philly music community but I know with Amos and I we just kind of hit it off right away just I feel like the R&B connection just a lot of the same influence Bill Withers and you know yeah um, they're they're just that connection musically that I think was always like second nature kind of
3: we um, also both have OCD and Tourette's so that's true that's true yeah, that
4: works.
0: like stuff like that. that that's vocal. <laughs> that's vocal yeah. that's, yeah. True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> you I, <laughs> the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by a sponsor very close to our hearts, as all of our sponsors are. But Touchstone Electric Fireplace is super close to our heart. Um, they are our newest sponsor. They just came on during this whole thing. Uh, apparently, people are are getting the electric fireplaces already, um, go to ZeroDeadBirds.com. ZeroDeadBirds.com. Use code TTP for 15% off. As we mentioned before, they're the kind of guys, Frank over at Touchstone said, look, I told you 10%, you fucked up and said 15%, we're going to honor it. So it's 15% Dang. off. Yeah,
2: And that's the other elect- thing, like, obviously it's warm out, especially warm where I am but mm-hmm. where you are, it might be less warm, but it's going to get warm, but it's the kind of planning you're doing for the long-term. Absolutely. Of getting and, it when it's, when it's going to be cold eventually, mm-hmm. you want to get ahead of it and you don't have to worry about it at all.
0: No, and it's easy installation. The And and they're delivering right now. So you order touchstone electric fireplaces from zerodeadbirds.com, you're going to get it in two, three days tops. And here's the other thing. Um, even if you're doing it here in in like it is cool in Philly right now, uh, temperature wise. But even when if you're doing it when it's warm, you, if you have a regular fireplace, you're there, you're you're poking the fire with sticks. It's all hot in your fucking face. It's it's not like that with a touchstone electric pot fireplace. You just turn it on. A realistic, beautiful flame. You know, blue. You know, regular flame color. We've seen it anywhere from three feet wide to hundred inches wide. Um, and here's the thing. You're not, you're not poking at fire with sticks. There's no smell. There's no mess. You don't have to worry about cleaning up ash. And here is the biggest thing. You don't have to worry about cleaning up soot at the bottom of the fireplace. So you're not going to have to worry about any dead birds in the chimney, which is my biggest fear. The reason that I have not used my regular fireplace at home. Um, no dead birds, zero dead birds, five flame intensities from like subtle, to really big, a log or a crystal display. As I said, easy to Are those the actual intensities? Subtle to really big? Yes, (laughs) subtle to really big. That's how they do it. Well, they they want it to be clear for you. And if you have any questions, look, you're not gonna go to a showroom or anything now, but they're right there. Phone, chat on the site or email right on the web at zerodeadbirds.com. As I mentioned, shipping is quick. Um, They're great people and ready to answer all of your questions. And they want your house to look like look man you put the electric fireplace in you look like a rich motherfucker that's just what i'm saying it's it's the truth whether you are or not you're gonna look rich um go to the gallery take a look at it zerodeadbirds.com touchstone electric fireplaces back to the ricky you guys you guys talk like you you've been best friends forever like when when you're what i I was watching uh amos's instagram live and moot you came on for a little Mm -hmm. while and watching you guys feels like uh like when you guys are talking, you almost feel like you're eavesdropping on uh on two friends who are talking a language that that you don't always understand uh, like it's it, it's uh it's it's charming like i i i remember i I met you guys at the same time at the connor barwin show that's right um yep. and mm. uh it it wasn't long after that Amos played me like he, I think we were in, in the car and he was like, hey, can I connect my phone to your, your stereo? And I'm like, sure. And it spent 15 minutes trying to connect the phone to the stereo. <laughs> and out of the speakers came the first hoagie hour um, <laughs> wow, oh wow and, and that's which 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 by the way I never had a a file of until recently which now I own the the two Hoagie hour pods but it was that <laughs> it was at that moment that I realized that like oh there's a whole other thing going on with Amos and Moot like there's a there's a whole other world
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: yeah you know that's like also years of being on the tour bus yeah
0: because um,
4: that you know we've just done so many tours together over the years. And like, uh, you know, just with everybody, Freddie, Jaron, Zach, like you're just living in this confined space. You're playing shows every night. And uh, it's a, it's a real bonding experience, but it also, you also get kind of stir crazy, I guess, at a point in time. And that's when the weird OCD (laughs) shit starts or, you know, like, you know, things like hoagie mouth or hoagie hour emerge out of that environment. I feel like.
3: Yeah, like you know. people people would walk on the bus when Moot and I would be alone. And we would just <laughs> we would just be doing shit like, "Oi,
1: oi."
4: <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's like it's not even there, like there's a conversation going on. It's just like, "Yeah, jam, oh, jam." And then like OCD from Amy. like it's just Aye. a different
0: form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: You know, you know, it's just a different form of communication after a while. Yeah, you don't have anything to
3: talk about anymore, so you just start making noises.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean the uh just the um inception level of the the uh the podcast based on the prototypic WIP listener being played to the WIP <laughs> program director, who was also Howard Eskin's son, uh, is <laughs> there's a lot. Like there's a lot to take in. I think. That is very meta, actually. Yeah, put it, that way. <laughs> it was.
2: What okay. What is your relationship with uh, with talk radio, sports talk radio specifically?
4: Obsession. Uh, yeah, Moot obsession. listens
2: to WIP every
3: time I'm in his car.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's just on. You know what? It's a weird thing with, with sports talk because, uh, you know, I love sports, but I view it as a different thing almost in the sports itself. I mean, I, I enjoy the coverage, but it's about just uh, um, it's a singular format, I feel like. And uh, it's both agitating and soothing to me at the same time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it agitates me in a certain way. And then that agitation sort of uh, feels comfortable and uh, it just feels right. I don't know. It's just like, I'll kind, keep. What going. kind of
2: caller agitates you the most? You would
4: say. <laughs> oh wow. Um, <laughs> that's a great question. I guess I'd have to say the the kind of guy that comes on. I like the guys that are fired up. You know, the guys that'll just come yeah. on. Somebody's like, "Yo, man." And like, yeah, hello, you there? Yeah, hello. Like, you know, like the guys. <laughs> what is that really to say? He's like, yeah. What about? Well, what about like Donovan McNabb? You know, like some of guys like. Yeah, what about him? Oh no, what do you think about him? something like that? You know? <laughs> and like, and then just to see like how that plays out. Like, it's the more off kilter moments that I,
0: so, I kind of. There was a uh, there was a caller that passed away last year named Levi from Overbrook, like a famous. Oh, I remember caller. him. Of course, yeah. So, so I used so I grew up um, like listening to Levi bust my dad's balls, right? And um, <laughs> the first time I was ever on the air, Levi called up. And I was like, wow, Levi, it's an honor that like I get to talk to you. And he goes, I made your father's career and I'll decide if I want to make yours too. And he was not kidding. Like he was completely, <laughs> so, um, uh, so, you know, Levi would come into the station once in a while when John Marks and I started working together because they would invite Levi in and Levi would seriously ask me why I didn't give him a shot on the air. And he thought I had something against him. So, uh, so Levi, Passes away, and I go to his. Uh, I go to the funeral, and um, his best friend is giving the eulogy, and I see his name everywhere, and it says Darren Levi Cephas. I'm like, Darren, what the hell? So his friends telling the story of the name Levi came up because when Darren used to call in, you were only allowed to call up once during the week and once on the weekends. So he created another name that he could call under (laughs) and Levi wasn't even his name. We knew him as Levi, but it wasn't even his name. And uh, I heard that story at the funeral and I was like blown away. And I saw they had a program at the funeral and there was like the WIP logo was on the program. There was an Eagle's helmet on his casket. And I realized at that point, like what the radio station means to, people like that that call right oh, yeah you know um it's it was a it's incredible. pretty amazing thing yeah
4: it's community you know that's the part of it if we're going to go like to the deeper level of it i mean that's what sports accomplish i think for so many people and that's what sports talk kind of distills that is that it's community and you you jump in if you listen to like wip enough um you start to like there is a certain uh, familiarity that you kind of enjoy and like oh here comes this guy again or, or you know yeah. certain dynamics you know between the hosts uh, you know because that's a day to day saga too you know uh, of 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 just hearing different hosts like Mark Marks and Reese or whatever combination um, is going on I, I don't know there's something I, I think it's such a cool like singular kind of format uh, kind of it's kind of it. why it's kind of why I like the Ricky because absolutely. I can be anywhere in the
3: world and be like, oh, cool. I know these dudes and I like them. And I like mm-hmm. what they do. And I don't give a shit about the Sixers, but I do like these two guys.
4: <laughs> well, you,
3: well, you well, tap into
4: something. You can tap into it any time. It's like... I know. hate the
3: fucking Sixers.
4: <laughs> well, you, no, you I love, fucking you hate love, the Sixers. What about
3: them specifically? Say. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, what do you hate? It's just disgusting basketball. It's just gross. It's like the most boring like who gives a fuck bunch of dudes who are playing together and they just don't give a shit and why i don't really honestly i don't really blame anybody i think it's just like it's just a screwy it's a screwy organization that just did shit weirdly and wrong and never let anything play out it's like it's like being in a relationship where no one is committing to anything the whole time. And so it's like this and then this and then that. And Brett, I kind of, I kind of feel a little bit bad for Brett because he's been there for all this shit and he's just like trying his best to, to help everyone. Also like, what do you fucking do? Seriously. As a coach when like all of these elements are coming at you at the same time, it's like, weird roster management, bad, bad ownership. The front office is all over the place. The players kind of understand, but they're all growing at different rates together. Mm -hmm. So like you have this just screwiness. I I don't even know how else to say it. It's just screwed up. They're just a screwed up organization and they've not given anybody a clear path to understand what their role is or what they're supposed to do. And no one has really taken that on either like none of the players have been like okay I'm the leader like Milwaukee is fine they're a good team they know Giannis is the dude And Philly nobody knows who the dude is and it's not it's not really like football where they can have two different people or baseball where it's like there's the pitchers and it's five guys and there needs to be an alpha or at least someone who like is the focus point and it's funny because that can change. Like you see Golden State, they changed a bunch of times. So it can work. But with us, it's like, it's just mismatch. So I don't i don't really blame anybody, honestly. I think it's a group effort of fuck-ups. You
2: honestly. think it's more of a personality base than it is like just a combination of skills that maybe don't match up?
3: I think it's everything. I think at, at the base of it, it's organizational. Um, I think there's just been poor leadership and a lack of message and a lack of mission. And when that's the case, like there's no way to go. Like I don't necessarily think Houston is like the prototype for all NBA organizations, but they've tried to win Oklahoma city. They're trying to win. They have good vision for what that is for them, even if they don't get it done. I don't think we have good vision in our organization at all. So it leads to all of this just like constant tripping over your feet as uh, you know, for the, and I kind of feel bad for the players. Like Al Horford is the, one of the more consummate professionals in the game. He comes to this situation. I would think he would have Intel, but he comes here and it's just a total disaster. And that's strange to me. Like I would like to know what his Intel was. It was like, other than the money, and maybe Boston was like, hey, we're not going to pay you. And Philly was like, oh, we'll take you right now. But I wonder if he had intel that was like, no, actually, the, those cats have their shit together and it's good. Like maybe he had a drink with
0: Elton Brand at a bar one night and was like, oh, cool, that's going to be good. But yeah, it wasn't. So yeah, them being similar guys and similar players, like it probably, Elton's a, a charming guy, you know, you've um, Amos's hate for the Sixers is the most Philadelphia hate ever as the number of times he'll swear off the team during one season... <laughs> It's like yeah. you can't count on two hands. And then even when he swears them off, he'll watch the box score all night and ask me what's going on. So, I will. There's, I will. There's, a, there's a hatred. There's an obsession and a hatred at the same time. That is very Philadelphia. I empathize
2: with that for sure. I mean, we do two podcasts a week. And the amount of times I've been just like, it's. I'm just, they're not going to do it. They're never. It's going to be, it's over. Yeah. And then they beat like the Pacers by three. And it's like, I think it, I think we got it it Well,
4: I was gonna say like where do you guys think they are in the arc right now of uh of this mm-hmm. team
2: it's bizarre I mean we've talked about it before like I seem to be one of the only guys that that thinks there's a decent chance that Horford comes back and it's because of um a level like the kind of you know what they committed to him and also what Amos was talking about in terms of They've just had so many different iterations of a team over the last couple of years that they've just like they're not committing. They're just moving on, moving on, trying to like cycle through. Like, listen, Mark, let's go to this thing. And then, like, you could make a good basketball team off of like the guys that they've traded over the last you know two years, right? Um, and they're just not here anymore. And so I think that there's some level of like, we got we've signed Tobias to a long term deal, we signed Horford to a long term deal we got a bunch of rookies and, and young guys that we seem reasonably excited about. Got a couple of decent picks here. Maybe you trade, maybe the one thing you do is like you trade Josh and a pick or something for a, a more like a better shooter in a situation that opens the floor and, and can, and can handle the ball a little bit better and can uh-huh. actually distribute off of Ben. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is, but it, it I, I certainly empathize with the idea that they are, absolutely clunky and frustrating and like how how many iterations of them are we going to have to like f- essentially convince ourselves of but it's also like they're close. They got the two guys. Those are the two guys. Build around those two guys. You, you were watching the Jordan documentary. I, I already did this to Spike a little bit yeah. earlier in the podcast but like you're watching the Jordan documentary. You saw them like fail year after year after year when Jordan's young and Ben and Joel are in that section right now. Like I, I hope in three years, we look at those guys, if, if they stay healthy and like, we look at them like Jordan's early years, like he was just couldn't get there. He couldn't drag these things kept happening. And you know, like weird JJ turnover and fucking Embiid was sick and they didn't have a serviceable backup. So fucking Greg Monroe started in the playoff game and it, those kinds of things. And you're like, in a couple years, I want to look back and be like, we figured it out. We're just them getting older and, and deciding to win. And the team building around them in a more cohesive way i don't think it's yeah. that far far off well
4: that's what i wonder because is it that is it that they really are the two guys that can that can coexist as a leader of the team and they just haven't put the right pieces around them or is it that they conflict with each other ultimately yeah. um it's, because you know, that's what I, that's that's what i can't quite figure out because with that much talent it's a lot of underachieving you know it's just uh, it's very frustrating but I, I wonder if there's something more intrinsic that they
2: just don't coexist. Well, that's why I, I want to ask you, ask you guys about because you guys are musicians, and there's obviously a level of you know artistry and like teamwork both in basketball and in music. When you're working with someone, have you guys worked with people that like you just didn't like as a guy or as or as a girl, whoever? And but you find found a way to make it make it work, or you still like you didn't like them as a person, but you still like. Jam together well. Like, is there something there as a, hmm. as, as the as Ben and Joel
3: pairing? Rock and roll history is littered with those bands.
2: Yeah, like
3: yeah, there's so many of them. But and they and they all a lot of those bands start super young. And then I mean, it's like honestly, being in a band is like being in a relationship. And you start you get in a relationship with someone when you're 16 or 18 or 19. By the time you're 25, you're kind of like this and then you when you're 30 or this but one thing i do think that is sort of a parallel is for me like the concept of leadership in in these kind of structures like in music is a different thing but you still don't sometimes you just don't appreciate what you have when you're that age like you don't understand like how short your window is and how precious all these moments are and all these chances are and how much you have to really relish those to, to like really connect whatever that means. But um, I, I know that early on in my career, like I think about this, this stuff with athletes because their window is even shorter than musicians, like musicians, by the time they're, you know, Hopefully they, you know, they don't have to start their career so young, but athletes, by the time they're like 33 or 34, that's it. Um, so I wonder about like what the arc of that is like, they don't figure their shit out until they're like 28, even LeBron, like he was amazing early on and he's always been a pretty wise beyond his years dude, but he never figured his shit out. He went to Miami. And you're talking about one of the top three players of all time. Um, so I, I honestly with the Sixers I, I think that it's just either patience or someone breaks through and makes a decision to like become the leader. Cause I actually think that I actually think that Ben and Joe, if one of them just took the reins, I think the other one would be like, Okay, cool, let's do this shit.
0: The race Ricky Sanchez podcast once again is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sports. Book. sports, sports book. They're back book sports and book betting is back look uh there's a lot of things even with with most regular sports gone uh draft sports book has it like i've already lost money in the korean baseball league i <laughs> did you did bet, you watch i, I watched the marin out there and uh so i playing for the dinos i didn't watch it but i he whoever he was playing i think it was the was it samsung the samsung lions, samsung lions i bet on yeah um, it was plus 130. I need a little juice. Anyway, <laughs> DraftKings, you can bet on the Korean Baseball League, but here's the big thing. Saturday, UFC 249 is back. Um, UFC's back, UFC 249. You want to go to DraftKings Sportsbook to bet, They have you can just bet on the individual fights um, on the, the whole card, but you can also parlay fights within the card. You can even bet on which round the fight's going to end Um, And if you use our special signup code, RTRS, you can get a special signup bonus up to $1,000. So not only can you bet on UFC uh, 249, you can bet on the Korean Baseball League, you can bet on ping pong, and they are playing soccer in some countries. Mm. But here's the new thing. They just launched an online casino. This is in Pennsylvania. So you can play blackjack in the app which I texted our guy, Ethan from DraftKings. And I was like, oh no, I started playing it. And let me tell you, man, um, it's addictive. They even, and this isn't all the time, it depends on what time that you're on, but they have a thing on there where you can have a lot, there'll be video of a live dealer. So you will see a wow. live dealer, yeah, dealing you blackjack. Um, that sounds nice. I was lamenting how sad I am that I won't be able
2: to go to Vegas and play blackjack for years something uh, like that it seems it yeah. seems insane to go be in a, a place that is uh, involves as much touching things as as <laughs> vegas
0: well is you know what for DraftKings sports sportsbooks uh uh health sure years it might even be years. decades yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you uh yeah i'm telling you the the blackjack in the app is awesome anyway uh DraftKings sportsbook is where you want to do it you withdraw you deposit your money quickly and easily i've as i was playing blackjack and Admittedly, not winning. I needed to deposit more money. It took me five seconds. I did it from my PayPal account. So, um, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of the Ricky. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code RTRS when you sign up for a limited time. All new users can get a sign-up bonus up to one thousand dollars. That is right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, enter code RTRS and get your sign up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Here we go. Let's see how I do. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino and Hollywood Casino at Penn National Racecourse. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Nailed it. I, I nailed it. Uh, back to the Ricky. They would but be thankful that somebody did it. That, that, yeah. that Like the pressure of who was – you compared it to a relationship. It's like when a relationship needs to – break somebody needs to say it nobody wants to do it but somebody needs to say it first and then everybody's relieved like yeah i do agree that um i think both of them even joelle and i do think there would be jealousy if that happened eventually but i think the initial thing would be like all right you're gonna go win it for us go win it for us like i I think they would Mm -hmm. i think they would both be that way i agree with you but But, i'll fucking
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's what they're missing they're missing you (laughs) 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 I'm be like, <laughs> <"Guys."> <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do think, I do wonder though, if there was, and, and this is just a discussion. I don't even know how they would get, but what if they did get like a daddy type guy, like Chris Paul to come in and just like be the fucking dude. And like, I can see a world where with this group of players, that kind of dude is what's missing.
0: Yeah. But they would have, they would have like one year because, you know, like it got, because eventually Ben or Joe is going to be too old to be. And, and by the way, I think we would get a hundred reports that season that, that both guys were sick, fucking sick of Chris Paul. I, and I think they would, (laughs) but I think they would both shut up and deal with it for a year or, or maybe two if the team was good enough. Um, but they're at like, I, you know, obviously Mike and I think they're different. I think they're going to have to get pretty lucky, um, just in general for this to work out even with those two guys, because I, I just think the thing that I've realized watching them both is that they are, I think they're both like, if they become that guy that you're talking about, they're like a couple, three years away. From being yeah there. definitely, I agree you no know, I, I think so, so um, I think they would need that to capitalize on it now and need a little bit of luck you know yeah if
2: you if you're sitting okay, so if you guys have dealt with you know you're, you guys are essentially the architects of your own careers and you and you've had to probably like take some shit and like get your head on straight and like change things up and have to have that either people have had to whether you're managers or whatever have had to have those conversations with you or whatever. If you, if Ben and Joel both come to you guys and like, Hey, we're big fans of your music. Like, and you're just having a beer with those guys and you like, you want to give them some advice. Like, what would you, what would you guys say to them hmm. What would, to like, get your head on straight in the way that like, it's been told to you.
3: Wow. Well, for, I can tell you this. No manager can ever tell you that. Like there's no coach. There's no GM. There's no Phil Jackson. There's none of that shit. Like it's up to you. And the responsibility for someone who has ability is to take the responsibility to then shepherd the ability. And that's, that's really what I think. It's like, you have to kind of, kind of be a servant to your own talent and to like play every night, whatever, whenever you play, like don't take a night off. Like if you need a night off, Tell your, tell the coach, be like, Hey, look, you know, it's my, I need a night for, for music. We can't do that, but we don't play as many games as they do. Well, some people do, but some people don't. Um, But just to quickly finish my answer here, I, I have had those talks with myself many times. And I always wanted someone else to be like, here's what to do. And the truth is, there is no one out there who can do that for you. It's only yourself. And so you, and it's scary and it's hard, but the answers that you want are really only available if you make them for yourself and you initiate the things that make those answers sustainable.
4: Yeah, that's interesting. And I'll, I'll piggyback on that, kind of getting back to what Spike said earlier, that um, maybe these guys are a few years away, because just to draw the parallel to being a musician, uh, you know, the thing about being a musician is like, you're going to have good nights. You're gonna have bad nights. There's going to be nights where your voice feels good. Other nights where it feels tired. Some nights, the vibe in the room isn't quite right. There could be any number of things that can set you off. Um, so it's not the perfect show and you only get to the point where you just commit to every night. I'm going to be in it. I'm going to just give it a hundred percent. I'm going to come find my place no matter what the external vibe may be you know you don't get there overnight you you get there by playing and playing and touring and touring and I just wonder if with Joel and Ben maybe it is just that thing that like when they are 27 28 suddenly so they've been in the league all these years now and suddenly it clicks like I know how to turn it on every night you know like Jordan or LeBron because that's what those guys do they 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 really don't take nights off um and I feel like sometimes with Joel in particular, he's such an amazing transcendent player, but there are nights where he seems for one, whether it's physical or mental, where he seems maybe disconnected, um, or maybe, you know, he's just not a hundred percent, but I feel like, man, if he was just all there every night, uh, he is that transcendent player. And I think it's the same thing with music, like artists get better with time. you, you know, uh, you learn how like the more you play, just not to to get past those nights when you're just not feeling it and to still dial in and connect to that place.
0: So I actually have a serious question, but I feel like I'm missing an opportunity if I didn't ask what, uh, same situation, beers with Joel and Ben, but instead of you guys, it's Tony, Tony to Tony and Tommy from down the shore. <laughs> What would the, like, what would the advice be, I think? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, Listen.
4: Ernie, you want to take this or you want me to jump in? Nah, yeah. Yeah, do your shit, man. Listen, listen. It's like this, man. You jump in, you swim, you doggy paddle, you do whatever you got to do to get from one side of the pool to the other. You understand? You know what I mean? You know, you don't, you you got, you, you don't walk, you run. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't take, you don't take nights off. You're making a bologna and pickle sandwich. You make a bologna and pickle sandwich. You you know, you you do what you want to grip it and rip it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, What do you guys think about that? What do you guys think? (laughs) At
3: at that point, I think both of those dudes would be like, what the fuck is going on?
0: (laughs) They both asked for trades. (laughs) Is this guy's music? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, at actually, when
4: I think security shows up, and, I actually uh, think that
3: I think Moot, Moot has had that conversation at the Cherry Street Tavern many times.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what's funny? It's like, uh, that's part of why I start stop drinking. Was there comes a point with me, like where I'm drinking, where uh, it's high octane, and there always was like not, not that, not a fight, but like I would always get into some kind of confrontation. That's kind of, I feel like. That's why Tommy and Tony are so – they're such great because, like, they're that side. They're that, like – they're that lost side of my personality that slams five shots and is ready to rumble. And know? ready to
2: fight yeah. somebody about Donovan McNabb.
4: Yeah, like, well, what do you
2: mean? Moo Mo tried <laughs> to fight me at the Cherry
3: Street once. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Well,
4: you, I've definitely gotten
0: fucking
3: gotten <laughs> with
5: you. But see well,
3: – You started pushing me and
4: <laughs> shit, and I was like, dude <laughs> – that's uh, that's what are I you doing? Because <laughs> they get, you know what happens the next day. Then, because like you get that happens, then you wake up the next day. Like, wait, what the fuck? What happened last night? Why was I so triggered or why was I so fired up? That's part of why I stopped drinking. But that's the thing Usually is, because like, Jimmy I
2: Rollins doesn't run out of Papa.
4: Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's go, Jimmy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> You know, it's that thing. That's a Philly thing right there, that anger, man. It's like, you know, you're, it's like, yeah, it's something in the Witter, you know, the anger's in the Witter. Is that true? <laughs> yeah,
0: well, there's a lot of anger in our Witter.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, both of those guys are, they're not, they're, uh, you would say Jekyll and Hyde, but, like, they are real parts of your characters i mean they're easy for you guys to do because you you think like them a lot of the time it's yeah. just the accent that you're turning on
4: <laughs> that's it that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> the accent's the only difference the, yeah. the personality the core of the the aura the the actual constitution of the of the being is there the accent is just the, is just a switch you know what i mean yeah. I actually, I, I grew up getting my ass kicked and getting teased
3: mercilessly by those dudes. No, really. <laughs> by, by, the, mercilessly. by the Tonys and Tommies.
4: Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. There's, you know well, what? It was, actually, <laughs> there's ahead. actually a connection because when I played Little League, it was a lot of kids here at Fairmount <laughs> Sports Association. It <laughs> was a lot of these kids from the Northeast. And, you know, all the kids who lived in the city – for whatever reason, when I, I played from like 10 to 15 years old, all the kids who lived in the city, yeah, we were like, the, they called us yuppies. Yeah, you guys are yuppies, <laughs> you <know? laughs> Like The kids who went to Friend Select or whatever, you know, all the kids who were downtown like me. You know, it's like, you guys are yuppies. I, I'll never forget, you know, you, you remember random moments of your childhood or maybe early teenage years. <laughs> and I remember, I remember one time I was sitting on the bench, you know, just uh, waiting to go up to bat. And one of these dudes, like, he would kind of heckle me sometimes. He'd be like, yeah, mate, what are you doing? You're screwing around, man. Let's go, bud. And then one time I was talking to somebody. and he, I don't know if you would call this heckling, but uh, I was talking to somebody and I was laughing. He was like, yeah, look at dude over there with them sparkling teeth. Like, <laughs> <that's God." laughs> well, it's like, wait, are you making fun of me or, like, you compliment me? I'm not quite sure. Like, <laughs> that's, but, like, Amos, we talked about that before where, like, you know, uh, there was like the thing where like someone comes up to you after a show, kind of a hokey mouth kind of guy, like a Tommy from Down the Shore or Tony Tony. And like they give you credit, but they're also kind of insulting you at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah for sure. <laughs> There's one thing I, one moment I can remember like this. I was playing somehow this like charity thing at Finnegan's Wake. And I played a few <laughs> songs. <laughs> Finnegan's <clears throat> Wake. And somehow, you know, I played a few songs. People were just talking the whole time. It was a rough gig. I get off stage and I had like kind of a big, like kind of, you know, bigger hair at that time. And uh, you know, this guy comes up to me afterwards. He was like, he's like, yeah, man, when you first walked on, I was like, yeah, what the hell is this welcome back Cotter shit? But then you played a couple (laughs) tunes and I was like, yeah, you ain't that bad. You ain't that bad. You're all right. Like not even you're good. Like I I was like, he was ready to really hate me. And then after he heard me play, he like, I thought it was just all right. You know what I mean? It's kind of a compliment. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, Amos, wasn't there a – wasn't it when you played on the Parkway or something or when you opened up Yeah, for, what was that story? Yeah, it was, uh,
3: it was an Obama thing on the Parkway, and I opened up for Springsteen. Oh, and yeah. me and Moot live like two blocks apart from each other, and, um, <clears throat> or we did. And uh, I got done the gig, and I just had my guitar on my back. I was like, I'm just going to walk back. And I was walking back and it was a shit ton of people. And I'm walking back and I'm just literally minding my own business, thinking about whatever I'm thinking about. And these two dudes were about four feet away and definitely were trying to make sure that I heard them. (laughs) And the the one guy goes, yeah, is that the guy? Who is that? That's that guy, right? He's like, yeah, he's like, who was it? He goes, It ain't Springsteen, I'll tell you that. He's stuck. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Honestly, I was like, fuck it. Like, that's a compliment to me. I feel good about this. (laughs) I mean, Um, I've been been pissed on in Philadelphia before, you know? Really? It's a tough town, man. It It is, man. It's a tough town. And it it used to be a little tougher, but it's still really tough. Like getting out of Philly as an artist can be very challenging. And also like the music scene here is one of my favorite fucking things in the world. And I love everybody so much. So it's, again, it's like, it's just a really interesting place to, to live. It's a really interesting city. There's, there's, I've never been anywhere quite like it. That's like this hard nose, but also the sweetest and like the most genuine at the same time. It's all, it's just very, uh, lots of dynamic happening. It's not boring. I'll tell you that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think anything about Philly is boring.
2: Do you, in that, well, in that vein, don't you think that they, the Sixers deciding to double down on size and in the, in the modern NBA and decided to be, we me be fucking big dudes, fucking just hammer everybody, whatever. And <laughs> yeah. do you, did you, like, at least, and we're going to take Horford from a Celtics so he's covers and beat all good. Like, do you think that there's a, did you buy that for a little? Because I, 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 I got on board. I got on board of just being just like big dudes hammering dudes.
3: I sure, I sure was in, enticed by the idea of what Horford could be for the team. And I think everyone was, but there's just something that's not working. And the hard thing about an experiment like that with these kind of players is you just don't know if it's going to work.
2: Well, how, so how do you know when to walk away, when to keep at it for more than half a season or so? That's a great question. I don't,
3: I don't know the answer to that either. I think that's something you have to know internally. And this is the problem that I have with this organization is I don't think they have anybody in the room who knows that answer. And because no one knows that answer, there's no way to, there's no way as a fan to feel confident in the team going forward. Because I don't think that there's a person in that conversation that is going to be as like committed to the entire idea of a team. Like, I think there are smart people surrounding everybody. And there are obviously smart people on both sides of the argument. But at the same time, like, who actually has the vision for the team? And no one does.
2: We do. Yeah, we do. You, you
3: guys do. I it's, actually, it's, like, I, I swear to God, I would love for you guys to talk about this
0: team. I'd be so <laughs> much happier. <laughs> Well, we need a cap expert because I don't think either one of us is uh, smart enough for that. Just let me draft the second round.
2: let me draft the second round.
0: Mike Mike can do the picks and I'll do the relationships. Mike doesn't like schmoozing anyway. Um, So, Mood, I never cleared this with you. I don't know how we got on it, but somehow when I was talking to Amos, he revealed that you are an enormous fan of um, – like eighties, nineties themes, TV theme songs, like sitcoms, shit like that. Is it possible for me to like name a TV show and you to sing the song? Well, I, you want a great American hero, right? Oh, I love, okay. So Mike, before your time, there's a show called great American (laughs) hero and it's the best TV theme song of all time. Um, it 's like three and a half minutes it 's a full real actual song like the 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 full version of it. I was thinking you, I would do verse chorus, just give a little taste yeah
4: actually because yeah, there are two or there 's maybe another verse or two yeah, yeah, yeah I can yeah. give a little just a little sizzle there 's so 12, the, twelve verses, verses <laughs> yeah. Bob Dylan actually wrote that song um, <laughs> do it all right hey, let me get yeah, let me get a sip of water first, hold on yeah. All right, let's do this. Gotta get pumped up. Look at what's
1: happening to me. I can't believe it myself. Suddenly I'm up on top of the world. Should have been somebody else. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I thought I could be so free. So free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I away. way want oh, away oh, a, a, a prayer, you it, could it, it be, be, believe, believe it, or not,
5: it
2: or not, it's just, just it. and <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Wow. Seamless. See, uh, see how we morphed there?
4: <laughs> I still, we started off real delicate and then just brought it home. <laughs>
0: you, that was incredible. Thank you, by the way. That's really nice. Do you, do you have an opinion as to what the best ones are? Like, I in my head, it's like Family Ties is fucking great, Oh I yeah. Think. Give you a little uh, bit of that. Maybe we can yeah. do a
1: Tommy turn. Um, well, I bet we've been together for a million years. And I bet we'll be together for a million more. Well, it's like I started dreaming on the night we kissed. And I can't remember what I ever did before. You got it, Amy. What will, do, what will we do, baby, baby without, without us? us? What will we do, <laughs> baby, without us? <laughs>
4: when there ain't no
1: nothing we can't love each other Three, oh, yeah, baby, yeah. What will we do, baby? Without us. <laughs> yeah, <sha-la-la-la, whatever>.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we start them off and Tommy and Tony bring him home. <laughs> Wait, can I name one more?
0: I <laughs> uh, cause Girl, on on the... do you know you must have growing pains. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay,
4: okay of course. Okay. So. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, back.
0: come on, <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. Or <laughs> right, let's just do this.
1: <laughs> Show me that smile again. Show me that smile. Yeah. Don't waste another minute, minute on, your, on crying. your crying. We're nowhere near the end. The best, the best is, is ready to, to, be. to
0: begin.
1: <laughs> as long as we got each other. Yeah, we got the world spinning right, right in our hands, hands. baby. You and me, you and me. We man. gotta be the luckiest hookies that never quit dreaming. As long
2: as <laughs> it's like the producers only paid you guys for the first half, and then they're like, "Sorry, you didn't Yeah, pass we're in. we're done by the Tommy course. and Tony come in.
5: Yeah,
1: <laughs> we can take anything that comes our way, baby, rain or shine. All the time,
0: we got each other sharing a hazy love. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to remember. Different strokes must have had one, right?
4: Now the world don't
1: move to the beat of just (laughs) one one (laughs) drum. It might be right for you,
4: may not be right for some. A man is born, he's a man of means. This one's kind of low. He got numb, numb, numb. He got nothing but machines. Different strokes it takes. Different strokes it takes, yeah, different strokes to the world, yes it does, it takes different strokes to the world.
2: Amazing. I'm enjoying this. I, I'm <laughs> enjoying this. I'm sort of finding like, some like music-basketball connections to ask you guys. This is fun yeah. for me.
4: This is the part where it goes off the rails.
2: <clears throat> oh, we're off the rails.
4: Uh, I got to say, it's hard to sing in hoagie mouth, like, in your natural voice. It's harder to, like, keep the notes. Do you find that to be true, Amos? Like uh, it, depends, mug, it depends
3: on the song. Like, I, you know, we, uh, we have this ongoing debate about which songs are the best hoagie songs. Well, I think we know mm. what that
4: one is. Kokomo, I right? know. Yeah. <laughs> Should we give them just a little taste of Kokomo? <laughs> yeah, come on. Sure. Sure. You, you got to lead this one in, man. I'll come in with you. Okay. Um, Permute. Bahama. Come, come on pretty, mama.
3: pretty mama. key Keylor. Baby, why don't we go down Jamaica yeah. and all that? Then we'll get some Martin from Jamaica, <laughs> to the
1: Florida Keys. <laughs> yeah, there's the place, Yeah, that's where you just wanna get to get away from it all. <laughs> if you got <thought> that COVID.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man! How do you know? Okay, I have a question. How do you know when, if you're you're writing a song, you feel pretty good about it, and then you realize that like it actually sucks, and you're like, how do you know when to bail of, hmm. or when you're like pot committed, or like I may as well just fucking finish this thing because I know as a writer, sometimes I'm writing a, we're writing a movie or whatever, and we're like this is bad, we made a mistake, hmm. like four years after it's
3: done. <laughs> <laughs>
4: For me, a lot of of time, it's if I play, I don't know, because I I play so much solo. I know Amos does a lot, too. Like, I really don't know for sure until I play it live and and, and it feels like it connects. You know, I don't know. For me, it's like, that's why the live thing is so, uh, it's so much of the core of what I do. Because, I mean, I I have certain songs that, like, I'm not sure about. I'll I'll always try to bring it to some kind of conclusion. But if it... If I play it live and it's just not clicking, a lot of times I just know something's not, something's not working,
3: you know? I mean, I mean who, has, who that's had a long career has not done some stuff that was maybe shitty or not great? There's a, a very small list of people that can claim that. Like, almost everybody has done some shitty
2: stuff. Um, All of our podcasts have been good.
5: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Everyone never
0: never a waste a minute. Okay, well, I can get behind. I was I, I wonder, was making yeah. I was making fun of some podcast uh qu- sound quality, and somebody was like, "Hey, in all fairness, the first three and a half years of you guys, Mike, sounded like he was on Mars or something." So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we we definitely don't have all good quality
2: in there. Even better on Mars, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the,
3: podcasts changed so fucking much and like yeah. when you guys started to like now i i mean basically everyone has one and i think that as if this thing goes on long much longer really everyone might have one but now it's like you know the 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 way to make things sound good is a lot easier than it was back then too mhm
0: yeah, for sure. That's, that's similar to music in that uh, the internet has made it uh, possible for more people to... Well, computers have made it possible for more people to do it at home. The internet's made it possible for more people to get it out there. But still, it does seem like... like so there's more out there, like there is with podcasts. Like there's a million podcasts on uh, Apple. Like I guess the question is, if you don't already have a, uh, a career how do you stick out amongst a billion new bands all the time? That's
3: that's a really hard question to answer because I know, I know a bunch of young bands who are fucking great, who are really struggling. And I, I hope, I don't know what's going to happen after this. You know, we don't know when anybody's going to be able to really be in a, concert venue again like no one knows that it could be april of next year it could be summer it could be february i mean I, obviously no one knows shit but we'll be the last ones to open up um yeah yeah so you know yeah. and moot had moot had a whole tour planned for this spring and summer that he basically had to postpone until next year and he worked his ass off to put that together and like, geez, man, fuck.
4: Yeah, that's uh that's that's a tough part of it is um yeah all actually as a matter of fact the first date was gonna be today out in uh, Seattle. It was uh you know 24 city tour all through May and June. And I mean we we're rescheduling it for February, and March and I'm hopeful we can do it then. But then part of me is like man are we gonna be able to do it then? You know, and nobody knows
0: anything. Yeah.
4: Nobody knows. Cause like what's gonna be the protocol? Are, are people gonna get temperature checks when they come before they come to the venue? Is everybody gonna be wearing a mask? Like I I just like I can't picture it in my head. And um I, I it's like that that uncertainty is really uh it's kind of debilitating sometimes. So I trying not to dwell on it, but uh I know for like for artists like Amos and I, man, the live thing is like the it's the core, you know. I mean doing doing the videos and live streams and things like that. It's great, you know, but it's not, it's still through its screen and there's still some incredible magic that happens when you're just in a room with people. And, uh, I don't think that can be duplicated. So that's, that's, I know both for artists and fans, that's a hard part. I mean, is it going to be two years? We, we just, we just don't know. Is it until there's a vaccine? I mean,
0: it's, so I, I wanted to ask you about that, actually, because I, I think people intellectually have heard it, but don't actually understand that unless you're a giant pop star, your revenue comes from a musician's revenue now after things have changed with you know the internet and Spotify and Apple Music, your revenue comes from touring and merch. That's basically it. That's what yeah. you make money on. So, so this whole thing has essentially shut down you don't make any money off of streaming, so this essentially has shut down your entire um way of making money so like I guess the look look I'm optimistic in that um music used to be just about selling records and then just about selling CDs and then you couldn't make money on it anymore. But like it changed, it morphed. It's not as good as it was, but like it found a way. So I think like it will find a way. Um, I guess the question is, and I know you don't have the answer, but do you ever think, okay, well, if we can't tour for two years, what is it? Like, what could I do? You know, because you obviously both have a product that people love, you know, they only get to see you once a year. Maybe if they're lucky, they see you once a year, but it's what you produce for them that they love all the time. That makes you want to go see them. Do you ever sit and think like, well, what could I do? You know, if, if we can't tour, what's the model or do you just, are you not even there yet because it's so new? Have you thought about a sex tape? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: Oh man. Um, I, you know what? It's like, I, I, it's hard for me to figure out exactly what the model would be. I mean, I guess it's live streams and, you know, yeah. people put up their Venmo and their PayPal and, mm-hmm. um, I guess you could just be doing that all the time. And I may, I know there's, there's the Facebook Instagram stream and then there's like platforms like stage it that do, mm-hmm. um, you know, a little bit paid. higher end kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Paid kind of thing. I mean, there was this incredible thing that Amos and I just did this this weekend and, um, you know, uh, this love from Philly virtual fest. I mean, that was incredible. Um, and I think they raised like about 70 grand, just that that's the the 30 amp circuit, um, which is a great organization it's giving micro grants to artists. It's really cool. You know, um, so you can organize a bigger event like that, but again, how often is that going to happen? I don't know. I'm not sure if anyone knows the rhythm of it yet. I mean, what do you think, Amos? Like, where do you see that? Because, you know, I'm a guy who's working small clubs and Amos, you're playing like bigger theaters. So I think there's, there's different, um, different factors that go into different artists' yeah. approach to how they're going to navigate this.
0: The Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by a guy that makes you want to think about uh, the beach and the summer and building generational wealth. That is Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process, serving the Delaware beaches. Um, you know, w- look, in, in times like this, times of crisis, uh, you, people looking at their 401ks freaking out, looking at their investments freaking out. The best investment you can have is real estate. It doesn't go anywhere. People need homes, they need short mm-hmm. homes. Um, and that is why, uh, thinking about a shore house instead of renting a shore house is the thing you want to do. And you want to be in Delaware, not in Jersey where all the crowds are. You want to be where there's more space in Delaware, especially now, um, taxes in in delaware delaware beach is like a tenth of what they are in jersey at least like you're talking about a thousand bucks a year 1200 bucks a year maybe even less for a house in the delaware beaches uh mortgage rates are super low and here's the thing you buy the house and you rent it out for most of the year they pay your mortgage and you just watch the value increase while you have your own short house (sighs) that sounds nice unbelievable yeah i like watching
2: value increase
0: that's what you got to do. You got to watch it increase. Uh, Rehoboth has been, of all the towns in Delaware, that has seen the highest increases, but all of the towns. Like, you look at the prices of shore houses in Delaware compared to Jersey, and it's like, it's microscopic compared to it. And I, for me, the experience is better. You got to go to Adam. It's like oh, watching ahead.
2: a 2021, I guess, was it 2021? Yeah, 2021
0: Miami pick. Increase in value, but I'm right. trading it too early. Right. Um, so, Adam Kasebi is the guy that's going to help you out with all this. Um, mentioned last time that, man, he's got a lot with, with shore houses, it's all location. He's got a lot in Rehoboth uh, that is right on the beach. And the lot itself is about $100,000. You put another one or 200000 you have a shore house on the beach. You're just going to watch that shit increase. Um, mortgage rates are low. Now is the time to buy if you can afford it. Adam is your guy to do it. He's the guy to lead you through it. Any of the short towns, Rehoboth, uh, Lewis, Dewey, Bethany, he's your guy. Call him or him. He's our him. baby. He's our baby. He is our baby. Our baby Casavi. Our baby oh right. man, there it is. Um, Call or text Adam 302 864 8643, 302 864 8643, or email adam at processrealtor.com. That is adam at processrealtor.com. Adam Kasebi is our baby. There Of the, there of the process. Of the process. <laughs> Back to the Ricky. You know, I'm just making noises and shit <laughs> and being loud. You have been walking
2: up. around this entire podcast. And I just wanted <laughs> yeah. people to get a picture that we're watching you just walk around the yeah, house. Yeah, I feel
0: house. like we have to release at least a, a minute clip of you the can. video so people can see you walking. Okay, all
2: right. Yeah. I, get, I like to get my
3: steps in while I walk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like one of those maniacs who can't sit still ever. Um, I don't know. The future of touring is sort of TBD. I mean, I think people need music. I think they crave it. I think that... Hopefully this, this cultural collective trauma that we're going through will, you know, find some solution in the next 12 months. And then hopefully we can start the healing process and, and trust each other again and trust each other in proximity and be able to really believe that the humanity that existed before will still exist, exist after. Um, But it's going to be a challenge. And I think it's going to be a, you know, a slow process. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that the power of music will ever change. I don't know what the, the, the physicality of it will be in the near future. Um, I hope that we can get back to work soon, but knowing that so many people are struggling right now. And so many people are, it's not only the financial, it's the emotional, it's the, the anxiety that has just kind of taken hold of everyone's life. Um, And so I know Moot and I just like, just like your podcast does and like all of this stuff and like WIP, any small thing we can do helps. So I don't mind giving, free live streams away for a while because it's the least I can do for people who are really struggling. Like this is one of the worst times in anyone's life that we know. And we're all going through it together. So for me, it's, I'm not as worried about it, to be honest with you. Like I am worried about my friends and my family and and my crew and my band. And I'm worried about everyone financially. And I think that hopefully we can all pull through together. But more than that, I'm just like, can we stay like together as a society and when what role music plays in that i think will be a big one when we can be close again
0: i think music and sports are both and uh, you know we mentioned we had g love on uh, a couple weeks weeks ago to talk about the philly fest and one of the things that i mentioned to him and i was thinking about it today because it's not just musicians like musicians and restaurants i would say are the ones Musicians, bars, restaurants who have been hit the hardest by this and the people that I see doing the most for others. And I I, I honestly, I've been like, uh, so encouraged by the amount of things that people are doing for each other during this time, like the amount of charity things. And, uh, but the people that I see doing the most are musicians and like chefs at restaurants. Like it's (laughs) these restaurants who can barely stay open are making a hundred meals for, uh, you know, frontline workers. And it's like 40 or 50 musicians last weekend during that love from Philly festival, all of whom cannot tour are all spending the weekend raising money for people who are like a little from for artists who are a little less well off. And I think that's um, and it's not like every band on, on that weekend was enormous, you know, like from clubs to whatever. I just, I've been impressed. It, it it, gives me hope for the future that the people who are hit the hardest are taking their time to just fucking spread love and help everybody else. It, it, it makes me optimistic that we're, we'll find a way through it, you know? Um, and music's been such an important thing in my life. It's one of the greatest things of not, not working in music radio anymore is that I can, <laughs> uh, think about it just for joy i just listen to it for fun i just i can't imagine a world where it's not like just this key cog in everything that we do you know everybody who thinks about their teen years has songs that that are oh this was this time this was this time it's music music is the soundtrack to those things so you know i think we'll find a way
2: Ames, and that's your think, big uh, 90s
0: r&b guy very big.
2: R&B. yeah what would you say i've been thinking a lot about the song Tootsie roll oh yeah, and I'm not sure <laughs> if you got like that song, but like as far as like a like a like a popcorn r and b or hip hop hit that doesn't get enough coverage, what would you say? Shout some out so you just
3: want like popcorn shit because i ha I have like nineties r and b songs that I think are like babyface, especially since it's mother's day coming up. Mm. <clears throat> babyface wrote. Babyface and I think L.A. Reed wrote a song for Karen White, who I don't think anyone, maybe Mootloo, maybe knows who that is, but she's a 90s RB singer. Um, she was a ballad, she was a balladeer, I suppose. Like she had lots of songs, but she's got a song called Superwoman that I think is one of the greatest songs ever written. And like I was in sixth grade when it came out and I had it. This is fucking weird because. When you realize you're old is when you realize you had 45s. Like, I had a 45 of that song. That makes me old. Yeah. I had a 45 that wasn't ironic. (laughs) I actually bought a 45 of that song and would play it over and over again. Yeah. When I was in sixth grade, I don't know why I was so in the weeds with technology back then, but we didn't have a lot of money, and that's all I had. So I got a 45 of that song and I would play it over and over and over and over and over again. And I just fucking love that song. But Moo, what do you got?
4: Oh man. Um, I don't know why this one came to mind, but uh, my love, do
1: oh, you yeah. ever rain. dream of candy oh, yeah. coated raindrops? What's, who yeah. Saying that song?
3: Classic. Soul for Real. Yeah, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Was it it was Soul for Real, yeah. Soul for real. That's a great and song. And it was the number four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the 90s loved numbers
0: and names.
4: That's a great song, man. I don't, you know, I don't uh did you guys dig on that one back in the day? That, I think I had that on like a single.
0: Well, so I other- worked when I was in college, the I, my college radio station, in Syracuse, was a top 40 station, and that was 95 to 98. So that was Keith what was Keith Sweat supergroup LSG like that was babyface um John B you remember uh was oh, they don't yeah. know John B um did you watch the Teddy Riley babyface face uh, off on Instagram I didn't see that but I remember hearing what what, uh, what was that I, I like so now <laughs> They spent three hours. Well, they fucked it up one night. They couldn't get Instagram to work, which was definitely like the old man bit that they couldn't (laughs) do it. So the next day, it was Babyface and Teddy Riley going song for song. One guy would play his song, and then the next guy would play his song to sort of combat it. And they did it for like two hours, like all their best songs that they produced, wrote, whatever, performed. Yeah. And who won? Babyface or Teddy Riley, who? Who would you pick? Babyface, no question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not even a question.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, Teddy Riley's the man, but uh, Babyface is like, man, he's got so many. Just think of the tunes that he wrote for, uh, for Boys to Men. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Water Runs Dry. And I mean, his tunes are everywhere uh, alongside his own great recordings. You know, I think he's just, he's unparalleled. He, even think about like Change the World with uh, Eric Clapton. He's, yeah. His, 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 he's in a very particular... Um, he's a very particular style, but yet it it it's dynamic. It can work in a lot of different contexts because he's just such a great songwriter, such great melodies, you know.
3: That uh what? that podcast about who let the dogs out is amazing though. Oh
4: that
0: oh, was yeah, you were telling me about that. What's that called again?
3: Uh is it on ninety-nine percent yeah. What is that? Ninety nine percent or some something like that.
0: I don't remember, but that's maybe the only one just, I've ever heard on. You can movie. link
3: to it. It's ridiculous, not, and the it's guy ninety nine ninety
0: nine percent invisible. Who whom's yeah. amongst whom's among us? Let the dogs out. And it was yeah. about the song. Yeah,
3: yeah. Okay. It's an amazing. It's amazing. Like it's mind blowing how, like, not only the story of that melody and that in that chorus, but the writer who went back and did the research is a, like a total. Like, gee, like went back to 1980s Texas football to find the origins of this song.
4: That was the most amazing part of it. The lengths this guy went to, to figure this out, to try to understand with what happened with who let the dogs out.
3: It was, a, it's, um, the Scooby, it's the Scooby-Doo song. It's like, no, it's not you. It's you. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> and that happens like 12 times. Like, yeah exactly
3: <laughs> that was my favorite shit with scooby-doo is when it would be more than one mask oh yeah <laughs> that shit that was the real shit you know and they were like no fuck that this is a two mask show wow and <laughs> <laughs> you knew you were into it
2: is your are you guys uh d'angelo fans
4: uh, oh yeah oh yeah
2: man what's your favorite d'angelo record
4: voodoo hands down Uh, that's yeah i
3: I, yeah i don't think i don't think there's i don't think there's a question of what it is but uh my friend kareen made a great documentary about him uh i don't think it's been released in the states yet because she's from uh the netherlands um but she spent like two or three years on the tour bus with him it's called devil's pie Mm -hmm. an incredible an incredible documentary mootloo and i actually saw it when we were in amsterdam
4: yeah that was uh Man, was that like, that was, you know, I was just thinking that's like exact, that was exactly a year ago. We did those shows in Amsterdam and London, man. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's it feels
3: like, it feels, it feels like a lifetime ago that we could even consider
4: <laughs> something like that. Like, yeah. right? I know, man, it's so crazy. Maybe I, I won't even
3: consider, to, I won't even consider touching a stranger right now. Like, yeah. Not <laughs> even like, not even like a high, like nothing.
2: Things you did so casually not yeah. long ago feels like just jumping off a bridge without a parachute. It's,
3: yeah. It's yeah. like I was walking around the city a couple of days ago and I was just like, this is really, really fucked up. Like yeah. this changed so fast. Mm-hmm. It went yeah. from, it went from like, Oh, we're fine. Like no big deal in March to the beginning of May where it's like, a goddamn war zone and everyone's wearing masks and it just, the vibe is just like so weird. I'm, I'm kind of amazed, honestly. Like I can't believe how many people just fell in line so quickly.
2: It's just yeah. like, yeah,
3: everybody, everybody bought in like in a day.
2: It's because, I mean, it's cause like people give a shit about like not wanting to get, their mom's yeah. sick or their neighbor yeah. or whatever it is. And, and for, and the people that are like
0: protesting cause they want to go to like Buffalo Wild Wings. It's just
5: like, Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> just chill.
0: Well, yeah. I, I think like, it was funny. I was talking to Al uh, Morgani about it one day. And he was like, look, if this had happened 30, he, he has been amazed by people. He's like, people went home, they're wearing masks. He's like, if this happened, 35 years ago, he goes, none of this would have happened. Nobody would have stayed home. Nobody would have listened. Um, I think people have become more conscientious. Um, And then like the the protesting is like, dude, fear comes out in a lot of ways. And like, I, I would bet you if you took every one of those protesters and said, are you scared of getting it and put them on a lie detector test? Everyone would say yes, but they're also scared to death of like, not paying and they don't know what the fuck to do. Nobody knows what the fuck to do. So some people are being assholes and uh and fucking protesting that everything should be open and it's fake. And then you see other people that are scared that are driving alone in their car wearing masks.
2: And well, I'm yeah. like,
0: you know what I mean? Like it's it's just such a wild everyone is fucking scared. Everyone's like yeah. petrified. Um, I, but I, I was think on... over, I think overall people have handled this like in an it's been like Two months and people are yeah. still staying home. It's wild. Yeah. You know? And like the, it is And the polling
3: crazy. Uh, and the polling is not showing like a big crack in, in that in, in
2: that mentality either. Mm-hmm. But was, how do we and Tony feel about staying home. Yeah.
4: Yeah, um, man, staying home, working out, working on dance moves. You know, doing. Hold on. Yeah, let me, great for me. Let me.
3: Let me get. hold on. Let me find Tony. I have to. I have to text. Yo, Tony. Him real
5: quick.
1: Yo, Tony.
3: Hello. You there? Yo, Tony. Yo, what's up, asshole? <laughs> I'm, I'm in Florida.
0: Hey. Oh, yeah. why are you in Florida? What are you yo, doing down here?
3: Yo, fuck it, man. Like the yo, my fucking flight was like 16 bucks. They don't fucking. <laughs> everybody's got fucking gloves and masks on a plane. Nobody cares fucking hotels like 16 fucking dollars a night too man they're basically paying me to be here
1: yeah you're
4: uh,
3: uh,
1: yeah, you able to get hoogies uh, down there man Ah, man
3: it's all open dude florida's florida's open bro fuck it man you know you gotta yeah, go man. down here fucking have a good time you ain't got much time you know what i mean you gotta fucking just go
1: down get yeah, on it's apocalypse
4: plane. apocalypse cause <laughs> yeah he's now apocalypse now you ever heard that movie I never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well this is kinda of like this, but only different. It's a war, but it's a different kind of war. You know what I mean? Oh yeah? Oh yeah. <laughs> I kinda of want How this to just keep about?
2: happening and then like it just like fades out and then the podcast ends. Somehow, <laughs> there's the there's no goodbye. Song brought these it guys out. Going. I don't know why.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Before we let you guys go, first of all, you're not leaving without doing a jigsaw, but I had a couple of rapid fire questions that I just wanted your your initial response on. Um, oh God. All right. So this last one, I was actually going to bring up to Mike um, in the last pod, and I forgot. So while the last dance has been on, there's been the Jordan versus LeBron thing. But mm. what seems to have snuck in is it's LeBron or... Jordan and Kobe. And my question is, it is a shame that he passed away, but do I have to let people group Kobe in with Jordan for a specific amount of time before I correct them? So Well, wait. You're
3: yeah. opening up a bag of worms with Moot because he's a huge Kobe guy. Wow. Oh well, really?
0: Well,
4: no, no. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I was a fan of his yeah, you know, like, there's a friend of mine, he, he played him in high school, and he, like, dunked on him, you know, Kobe dunked on him, you know, so, like, yeah, I always like Kobe after that, man. No, but seriously, like, uh, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I actually, Kobe's an extraordinary player, but I don't think he's in the same conversation as Jordan and LeBron. I don't think it's wrong to say that, right? He's a top 10 player, but yeah, Jordan 10, and LeBron, 12, you're having a conversation like about the two greatest probably ever. So. Yeah. It's a, I think right, it was for country. a little
2: while when it was like Kobe versus LeBron, when LeBron was still coming up. Now I have been dating a big Kobe fan for the past five plus years and live in a Kobe city. So people still think like that it's around here, that it was ever a conversation, but it really wasn't. Um, he's obviously like a, an all time, like iconic player, but to put him in the top three discussion is
4: no, yeah, you right. really
2: is laughable
0: he's joke. top
4: 10 right we can say he's top 10 for sure i don't think i don't think so I
0: don't no, think I, would no have, I would i would have would, to do uh, it uh, but well all right so we're we're gonna say bill russell lebron uh michael Shake. jordan yeah uh,
4: <laughs> shakes like an 11 or 12 i think yeah okay. all right i can buy that i think he's 10
0: 15 something like right. that do you think he's better than duncan oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay no. oh no <laughs> No, but I
4: I, uh, see the thing with Bill Russell, though, is like, can we really think of it all in the same conversation? Because that was like a very different era of the game. This is what I'm
2: saying. Basketball didn't exist until like you're watching the Jordan stuff and no one's playing defense. Not even a single person. It's either no defense or it's like it's either no defense or someone is just like punching you in the throat when you get to the rim.
4: I feel like the modern version of the NBA as we know it, it was kind of the bird magic era, right? I mean, they're the ones that they were playing finals on tape delay before Mm -hmm. those guys came out. And and, and it was kind of they are the ones who made the sport uh, sort of a transcendent game where people overseas started uh, watching. I remember when I lived in Turkey uh, for a year when I was eight years old. And, uh, I mean, I was already a fan because I was, you know, I – I'd, I'd been here until that point, but I remember watching the all-star game. I think that was maybe the 87, 88 all-star game. And, uh, you know, magic and bird were like huge over there. And then Jordan, here comes Jordan. Jordan was like the young kid. I feel like it was, they set the table. I think Dr. J was part of that. And then along came Jordan, but I, it, it's like, there's like pre 79, 80, like that time. And then there's posts. And that's why I feel yeah. like, well, Bill, Bill Russell, you can't really have the same conversation
0: no I just I guess if you're just saying the top players I can't look I never even saw him but I I know that you can't have the conversation without him all right next one um next question can I just give
3: you one my take on that shit yeah
0: yeah Michael Jordan fucking quit basketball to play
3: baseball for a year (laughs) yeah and still has two years and two years and still has more rings than all those dudes it's a (laughs) that's a that's yeah not Russell inarguable
0: not Russell no, not Russell. <laughs> yeah, but still, well, Russell-
3: it's like, you know, yeah. he was playing against like, you know,
0: t- t- Tony, Tony to Tony's grandfather. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, but, so I think about this a lot, right? People say, well, if you took the current athlete and put him, you took LeBron and put him in like 1971, he would dominate them. But I think it's all, it's all relative, right? Like it's, it's what that athlete was relative to the other people who were playing. And yeah, it's sure if you put Shaq in, when Wilt played, he would crush him, but he didn't exist then. And Wilt did. And like his, his like freakish athletic ability in, you know, compared to everybody else was unbelievable. So I think to your point, I think you have to do it by ears if you're really going to do mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, second question, uh, in the two years that he played here, did JJ Reddick, who made thirty-six million dollars during that time, ever do anything for charity that you're aware of?
4: Hmm. You want to take this
3: one, Amos? I don't. Um, I, I really, I, I really only have one point to make about this. Yeah. <laughs>
4: That's a good, good, good transition there.
3: Like. After listening to your podcast when Spike got into a fight with J.J. Reddick on Twitter, which is making my life much better. <laughs> um, like, I went back and read that Yahoo, like, sports article on J.J. Reddick in the car. Okay. Yes. Let, let's just, <laughs> I need to just, like, I need to just say this. The specifics of that story are fucking frightening. He's in, the coo- he's in this car, which I assume is an Uber Black, right? Yeah. So he's in like a whatever the fuck, a, a Suburban or something. Hmm. Gets his shit out of the back. First of all, there's a smell in the car. There's a smell. Hmm. It's, not, it's not dog shit. It's not a dog but it's a smell. Okay. I know a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) If there's a smell coming from another person, something A is already wrong. This person, this human being, which they classified as either a child or a very (laughs) small human being is in a cage in the back of the suburban. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He gets his bag out of the car, closes the Uber car, and the Uber drives away. And nothing happens until he goes on his podcast. There is a fucking child that smells (laughs) under a blanket in a cage in an Uber. Oh, my God. He didn't call somebody right then? He He
4: didn't call somebody right then? This is what I'm saying. This is I hadn't heard this. Uh, I wasn't aware. Of you don't even so, just, know this story. Oh, it's a, no, oh, man. This, no, the, this wall, the, thing the, the thing most
2: is, egregious, as we've said, the most egregious part of the story is that he then told this to incoming rookie Mo Bamba, as if it was a, a joke. On the podcast, but he, he didn't do anything about it. <laughs> That's what, now you're saying. Now you're asking the question. Oh, I'm once sorry. Done.
4: I'm. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm just. This is. I'm like blindsided <laughs> by what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: this is ridiculous.
4: This is horrible. Outside. Very
5: important. All right. Uh, what?
4: Uh, that's morally bankrupt right there. <laughs> I'm just Fire. saying like, if if you
3: saw a, like you are in an Uber, right? And you're like, something smells in here. It's fucking weird. And then you were like, you got your bag out of the back and you saw someone's head pop up and it was either <laughs> a child or a very small human being. <laughs> you would just be like, ah, fuck, that was weird, right? <laughs> and your friend is like, that was a dog? And you're like, I don't know, let's go eat. <laughs>
2: yeah. oh, man, I'm so, this is unbelievable. Ruining his night. No, I um, just,
3: wow. I'm, uh, I read it right before I came on because I listened to that podcast you guys were doing and I was like, yeah, what, what is that? So I just Googled JJ Reddick, car person in a cage.
0: Yeah. It's not hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first and then result. He,
4: and then the first time he brought it up was on a podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. Like he, he went through on this his experience. Own, on his own podcast. He opened up the podcast with Mo Bamba sitting there. You really should listen to it because oh I actually God. don't think the transcription does it. Uh, you would agree Mike that hearing it is hearing Mo Obama's lack of reaction or almost forced laughter is the best part of it
2: What well, the part look, uh, as a man. look like as a, as a writer and like I've been on stage like storytelling whatever jokes all that shit you you get a sense of like what a rhythm of comedy is and and you get a sense of when you're receiving comedy from someone else who maybe doesn't know how to tell a story in a, in a comedic way, or at least like skip to the good parts or whatever it is. And you can hear Mo Bamba going through that process of like, I'm being told a funny story by an NBA veteran, a respected one that has a podcast on uh, Bill Simmons's network. So I'm going to, like I'm ready, I'm I'm here. Give me the punchline. Like I'm fucking ready for it. Let's hit, let, let it rip. And uh, and it never came. And you could feel Mobamba <laughs> <the>, like <laughs> slowly go from uh-huh, uh-huh, uh. like, to confusion. I feel I feel for him. He's the real loser in this story.
0: Yeah, Mo Obama was oh, waiting for the man. part where, and it was Stan Van Gundy, and he came out and was shooting water guns, and it was a right. big practical yeah. joke. Never happened. Um, final right. question before the jigsaw: If you were Ben Simmons, would you choose? To, I mean, if you were Kendall Jenner, would you choose to date Ben Simmons or Devin Booker, who it appears she is currently dating? Ben.
2: I, I, Devin's a twerp. Come on.
0: Uh, let's say Devin, because
4: you know Ben needs to. I think he needs to just focus on the Sixers and. You know, <laughs> you know let's uh, you know.
3: I am uh, concerned. I am concerned about Ben's eating habits since he was getting Chinese food at Philly Airport at like 8 a.m.
4: Wow, oh, that's do, an old story. Yeah, I remember that spike. Didn't you have uh, that's that's not good.
2: At, so uh, it it was actually we, we all do dangerous things at an airport.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, somebody came into me at work and was like, Hey, my friend just saw Ben Simmons, uh, at the airport getting Chinese food, asked him for an autograph. And he said, no, uh, he took a picture of him at the Chinese food thing. It was like eight in the morning. Do you want it? And I'm like, sure. Um, I tweeted out the picture. Ben got mad at me. Um, all right. Uh, jigsaw. Um, I think you guys should, should answer the jigsaw question. Um, I'll let Mike decide. Mike, do you want Mootloo and Amos to answer the jigsaw question or do you like Tommy and Tony to answer the jigsaw question? I think I think Tommy and Tony. Okay. All right.
2: <laughs> play. I will play this game. Game of I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this
0: game. I'm worried. Play. I will play this game.
4: And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year?
0: So here is your jigsaw question. Uh, Both um, are for the rest of your life. Uh, And I tried to cater the question thinking it would be Tommy and Tony. For the rest of your life, um, either A, you will fart five times a day, and the smell is like eight out of 10. Or you will pee eight times a day and the burning sensation is like eight out of 10. No Which difference. one do you choose?
4: Yeah, I'll well, go with the, look, the fart. Look, fart, man, all day, fart. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I do those already.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, Tommy. Really not that much of a swing for me.
4: Yeah, man, farting fart all day, me yeah i fart 50 times a day sometimes how about this i choose both i like that idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah tony likes this man it's just this is his kind of thing man Yeah, give me more i like all <laughs> that
0: um well we told you guys it would be a half an hour and you've been on for an hour and a half so <laughs> i i appreciate your time we you know we love you guys um thank you for love coming you guys on. too
3: i love and, you guys and, thank you for having us and, be- and before i go yeah. thank you guys for doing the podcast it's fucking awesome we love you your fans love you you guys are awesome the sixers are fucking dog shit keep doing no nah,
4: man what you guys are doing this is what we need man this is this is the kind of thing that's going to get us through you know like we're talking about sports talk it's kind of you know rights to ricky those are <clears> things <throat> you we can kind of latch on to during this time so more power to you guys
0: yeah oh, well, thank you, appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah i appreciate you guys so uh so that's it. Uh, Mike, are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know, Lakeface, weird when I see you guys. Doing yeah. This. Tell Mood NamUs you love them. You don't <laughs> have All right. to tell me. Mute NamUs, I love you guys. All, All right. right. You love you too, You too. <laughs> see you guys. See you. Hi, right, brothers. Have a good
2: one.
5: If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck
3: with you. If you, if don't, you don't fuck with me, me. Then
2: I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, Then, then I, won't I won't fuck, fuck with, you. with you.
1: If you don't fuck with me,
5: Then, then I, won't I, won't I won't fuck, fuck, fuck you. with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a plan